everybody and welcome to the Hooper's Lab podcast. This is the podcast where we talk all things basketball. I'm joined here by my lovely co-host, Riley. I am quite lovely, I agree. Yes, yes, very much so. How are you today? I am doing great. I just got my car insured. Ooh, very nice. You're you're a big boy. We'll see about I mean, (laughs) we'll, we'll see, we'll see. So, today is a very special day. It's my favorite day. It's your favorite day. It is Christmas Eve. No. So, today. Well, it basically is. Because <laughs> today we are doing some player rankings. And so, we're starting with the point guards. Obviously, uh, start the point guards. We're going to go all the way to center. And, yeah. So, this is something we do every year. It's a little tradition. And so if you don't already know how it works, so what we do is we rank the point guards top 10 in the league. We have some honorable mentions. And what we do is we rank them. How do you rank your list? By like when you're deciding one player over another, like what are some factors that you personally factor in? Um, definitely like just overall what they did the prior season, I think. Take into consideration a lot, but yeah, also you can't forget about what they did, what they've done past seasons as well. Um, and just overall, like accomplishments and whatnot, I'd say, yeah, no, that's true. Um, so yeah, we do that. We're not doing any injured players, so Jamal Murray won't be on this list. If you played even one game last year, you're qualified, and what else? We go off the positions, yep. so. What? He wouldn't be on my list anyway. No, um, Jamal Murray. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if to, I, D- Jamal definitely wouldn't be here. Wait, so um, we're counting Dame or not counting Dame? We're counting Dame. He played a game, so he's on your list, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, yeah, we're good. Um, but Harden, we're considering a shooting guard, so he's going to be on the shooting guard list. And I guess that's about it. Is there anything else to mention, or should we just jump straight into it? I think we can just start with our honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, who's the first honorable mention? This isn't in any order, the honorable mentions. I have one honorable mention that was super close to being uh, at my number 10, but just throw out an honorable mention that you have. Yeah, the first one I got here is Mr. Drew Holiday. Okay, okay. Um, he is on my list. So, yeah, he's on my list, but definitely he wasn't, he was one of the guys that was in my honorable mentions. Now I was flipping him between 10 and honorable mentions. Yeah. So I, I do have him uh, at my 10 though. No, yeah, that's fair. He was my first, uh, first honorable mention. Yeah. He was going between my first honorable mention and my first guy on my list. So we could talk about him more when we get to my, uh, where I have him. So, um, I'll name an honorable mention that I'm guessing you have on your list. Uh, I have DeJounte Murray as an honorable mention. And this is one that I've gone back and forth with for the past couple of days. Or whenever I started this list, everything else was kind of concrete, but this is kind of the spot where I struggled the most. And I think it just came down to between DeJounte and Drew, who's been doing it longer, that's basically what it came down to. I mean, DeJounte Murray, before the season started, he was, what, like the 25th, 20th best point guard in the league. So I just want to see him do it more. 
And we've seen Drew be the starting point guard on championship team. We've seen him shoot the ball out a very high clip two years in a row. And we've seen him be an elite defender like he is year after year. So that's kind of, that's kind of my thing. Both are amazing defensive point guards. But I just want to chill a bit on DeJounte. He's still right there. Um, but I think that I need to see a little bit more if he wants to crack the top 10. That's fair. Um, another honorable mention. This is a guy that I had in my top 10 last year that has fallen a bit, and it's De'Aaron Fox. So I had him at like seven last year. You had him at seven, I think. Not good last year. He just played like ass this year. He started the year like ass. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. He averaged like 29 and nine towards the end of the season, but it was just that really slow start for me. And I feel like lots of players had kind of that slow start. Um, But yeah, overall, just kind of, kind of starting to see a plateau. Trajectory kind of stalling his three point shooting and just shooting overall wasn't uh, better than last year. His playmaking took even a bit of a dip. Yeah. And yeah, just kind of stagnating, staying the same while lots of other players got better, basically. Yeah, no. Um, that's basically what it comes down to for me. Uh, who's another honorable mention that you have? Mr. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Okay, interesting, interesting. He made my list, so that's fair. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I'm curious who you have over. Okay, we'll have to see how the bottom of our lists kind of stack up. Uh, but we'll talk more about Shay when we get to my part of the list. Um, I'll go with an honorable mention, Fred Van Vliet. Um, he was an All Star this year, but he's kind of on my lower ranks of honorable mentions. He's just a reliable point guard, but I don't know. There's just better point guards, basically. Um, but I did have to mention him because he was an all-star this year. Um, but even being an all-star guard, he still didn't make my list, which just shows you how deep this point guard position really is. Um, do you have any other honorable mentions? Lamello. Okay, Lamello is an honorable mention for me, too. I kind of Okay, I kind of thought he was gonna make your he was gonna make your list after you said that um, Drew and Shea were your honorable mentions, mm-hmm. but um, talk to me about Lamelo. I think he's just his game isn't there yet to be considered the one of the best point guards in the league, and like he's got all the talent and potential in the world, but I think as of right now, it's more so everything he does is just flashy and it looks better than what you're actually getting. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. I think one thing personally is when I was looking at other lists for reference, LaMelo ball was very high on lots of them. And I even thought before I was doing that research that LaMelo ball is becoming a bit overrated. Um, that's just kind of the feel I'm getting because I don't think he's a top 10 point guard yet, but I think lots of people would put him there just because of the flashiness and because of the promise. Um, but we have to remember he's only 20 years old right now. He just finished his second. He's only 20. He just finished his second season and to make an all-star game that young is incredible, but we also have to look at the fact that it was the East. Um, I think that that's something you do have to factor in. Yeah, no, and, I agree. And yeah, and I still think that Drew should have made it over him personally. 
Yeah. Um, I was very surprised when Drew didn't make it, and he definitely made it on my ballot. But, yeah, just with LaMelo, he's just not there yet. And another thing is just what has he – he hasn't proven enough for me to be a top 10 player because he hasn't made the playoffs yet. And even in – be a 10 seed. Yeah, and even in those playing games, he's been underwhelming. So I just need to see him step it up and – I guess be the player that everyone thinks he already is. I'm not yeah. going to put him in a place that he isn't at yet. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah. I've seen him, like, I'd say the average was, like, seven is where I've seen him, which I think is crazy. Yeah. Um, I think the name value does carry a lot of that. Yeah, he was definitely my last honorable mention. Yeah. Um, my last honorable mention I'll throw out is C.J. McCollum. So we do have him as a point guard, and he's an honorable mention for me. Uh, I guess the reason he didn't make it, I don't know. I don't know why he didn't make it. It's just that he does score at a high volume, but the consistency um, sometimes isn't there. He can be really quiet in games, and he can also be very crucial in some. Uh, Defensively, he gets hunted. And, yeah, I think the playoffs kind of – dipped his stock for me a little bit and exposed that it exposed his weaknesses like a lot yeah exactly so i just didn't feel comfortable putting him in the top 10 he's still right there he's still a very good player and if he was listed as a shooting guard for us i believe he would make that list easily but because he's in the point guard category i don't have him on my list so let's start let's go with our number 10s so, who do you have at number 10? I have Fred Van Vliet at number 10. Okay, so he made your list. Okay, talk to me about Freddie. Um, I think the all-star appearance does have to be taken into consideration. Um, but just, um, especially at the beginning of the year, Fred Van Vliet looked like... Looked Jesus. like he was... Like he was <laughs> yeah, like he was on trajectory um, to make All-NBA with the way he played. Granted, it turned out that his teammate did it, but... Yeah, facts. <laughs> he was looking stellar to begin the season. And I think um, injuries and him, like his nagging injuries with his legs and his hamstring and whatnot, kind of um, assisted in him underperforming in the, uh, the playoffs. Yeah, I also think, if I could interrupt here, I just think general fatigue as well. If you're playing 38 minutes a game... <laughs> under Nick Nurse, without a backup point guard, I think that... Don't disrespect uh, Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn averaged, what, like eight minutes a game? (laughs) If that. Yeah, so (laughs) I think that that kind of contributed for the uh, disappointing, I'd say, second half. But, I mean, you just need to be good in the first half to make the All-Star game. So I think that that's obviously why he made the All-Star game. Because he was worthy at that time. Um. But yeah, playoffs. I don't even remember the Raptors in the playoffs. Honestly, I I don't remember that series at all. They go to six or five because I know they went down three. Oh, like, it went to six. Yeah, I it was three zero. I think it was. I think it went to six. It was so close to going to seven, but I think it was six. And I just remember Fred VanVleet and just that whole Raptors team not really being on shit during that run. Yeah. Um, yeah. They but we've seen they didn't play yeah. very good that playoff series. Um. And it was still decently competitive. No, yeah, exactly. Um, 
But yeah, I don't have Fred Van Vliet. I was actually kind of surprised that you put him here um, this high, but I can I can respect it. Um, so yeah, I think that just the, the guys you put him over, he has more experience over. So I think that yeah. that helps. Yeah, no, that's true. So yeah, and again, another thing is that even though we're ranking it 8, 9, 10, and just so like minuscule differences these players really there's such a small gap between lots of these players so there are some interchangeable areas and there are tiers that i see in um my list personally and just in when you're ranking players there are tiers yeah so even though you have one player over the other by one spot it doesn't mean that they're massively better yeah so um i'll go with my number 10 drew holiday he was very close to missing this list. It was between him and DeJounte Murray. They were really fighting for this spot uh, for me personally. But the reason I put Drew Holiday uh, is just obviously his defense, I think, is the main thing you think of when you think of Drew Holiday because he has been he's been highly regarded as one of the best defenders in the league year after year by media and players alike. Yeah, And I think having that respect, doing it consistently for so long as well. Um, so, yeah. And also the three-point shooting, since he's gone with the Bucks, he shot 41% from three this season. And seven assists also helps as well. Um, so, yeah, just doing – just fitting perfectly onto that Bucks team and just being a huge part of why they're such a dangerous team year after year. Yeah. Um, so who is your number nine? Number nine, I got Chris Paul. Oh, shit. Okay. And okay. The reason is because Chris Paul severely disappointed me this playoffs. Like, severely. He yeah. looked like practically a non-factor half of the time. The amount of times he had, like, zero points, didn't have very many assists, and he's not a good defender either. And then... At this point of his career, yes. Yeah. Like uh, Patrick Beverly uh, <laughs> kind of pointed out to people. Yeah. And he let... Bro, Jose Alvarado was locking him up at times, man. Yeah. And it's... For a rookie to come into their first playoff run and to be doing that to the point guard, uh, it it does hold that embarrassment, I like feel he, like. Like, Chris Paul, this playoff... Like both the against the Mavericks and the Pelicans, he just did not look like himself. And I don't know yeah. if that's just age or just it could just be a very poor, you know, unlucky stretch of games. Because there was that one game in the Pelicans series where he shot, I think he shot like 14 for 14 or something like that. Yeah, he had a great game. Uh, I remember in that Pelican series after yeah. it was kind of sandwiched in between his bad games. Yeah, no, because he would go out have a good game, and then he would have a bad game, and then he would have another good game, and then a bad game. It was like really weird. And then Charles yeah. Barkley was talking about how you know he's just too old now. Um, he is thirty-seven. Chris and, Paul is old. Yeah. That does play a factor into it. And I think that when you talk about Chris Paul, you also have to appreciate what he did in the regular season as well. Uh, leading the league in assists, averaging almost 11 assists per game. Uh, having that team be the one seed. But it's not as impressive as what he did with that team last year. Just yeah. because I think that his role is lessened with the rise of many um, other players on that team. Yeah, no, I agree. 
but he made all NBA and I think that he was a big part of why the Suns kind of disappointed in that playoff run. But he was also a big reason why they were there. So Yeah. Yeah, but the age definitely is starting to catch up with him. Um, so my number nine is Shea. So I have Shea on my list. You had him as an honorable mention, correct? Yep. And so I know that the big gripe about Shea is that for the past couple of seasons, he's really been playing for nothing. And while that may be true, I don't think that his game and what he's been accomplishing would change if he's on a team that's really winning and succeeding. Yeah. I think that it's kind of the same thing that was happening with Booker a couple of years ago. Like, I don't really believe in empty stats. I think that Shea is very talented. Um, and he even started to pick it up during the second half of the season. He did have a rough start. And for the Thunder, that's kind of not very good. <laughs> but because, you know, but I think that Shea has the talent to be higher on this list. I just think that he needs to prove himself more. And he needs to play meaningful basketball at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, no. Um, and, like, yeah. part of it also is um, I know he's been, like, pretty inefficient these past couple seasons. But, like, at the same time, he's running with the – he's been running with a G League squad around him. So, like, you can only – That's another thing, too. Yeah. Him. And then – Well, last year he wasn't inefficient at all. He shot 42% from three, yeah. over 50% from the field. Last year was actually – he was probably better last year, even though he averaged more points this year. I think that last year, what he did with that team to raise their their expectations and success at the beginning before he went down, and also just the way that he really rallied that squad together last yeah. year. But I still think that he's deserving of making this list. He's lower on the list. I could definitely see someone putting a guy like DeJounte or LaMelo or Fred Van Vliet um above Shea but I think that this is where I have him and I'm pretty satisfied with it I just want to see more from him because he's very fun to watch and I think that he is slept on for many reasons yeah so okay so you have CP3 at nine who's your number eight uh number eight this is where I have DeJounte Murray okay interesting yeah I just think he had a very good um, season through it the whole year. Um, and I think you could really see him take that leap. And um, it'll be interesting to see how he works now with Trey Young next season. I'm very skeptical yeah. about that fit. Uh, but we'll have to see, yeah. Yeah, um, but I really think you could see the leaps he took offensively and just his ability to get get his own shot and create his own shot and his just his playmaking ability is crazy as well. And of course, he's always hung his hat on the the defensive end of the floor, being one of the one of the best defensive point guards in the league. So yeah, yeah. No. Oh, I also forgot to mention with Fred that he did. Uh, Fred VanVleet did make an All Defensive Team this season, so that's another thing that you have to look at when you're talking about Fred VanVleet. Yeah. Um. But back to Dejounte Murray. Yeah, he's kind of a guy that. I was high on since the beginning of his career and year after year, just getting better and better. And just thinking, when's he going to take that next superstar leap? And this year is the year that he did it. Uh, He was the main option on the team. DeMar's gone. LaMarcus gone. And he really just got to thrive. And he kept the the Spurs, he he kept the Spurs afloat. Um, 
to potentially make the playoffs. Obviously, yeah. they started on the play-in, but this team... Yeah, did like, they make the play-in? That's what I was going to... Yeah. They okay, made, they did. Because there was either them or the Lakers, and they said, fuck the Lakers. Um, oh, right, right, right. But yeah, and like now that he's gone, this team looks to be the 15th seed in the West. So, like, yeah. Yeah, they're probably one of the, if not the most... Uh, or the least talented roster, I'd say, as of right now. Yeah. And DeJounte just really just really put that team together and just was the glue that held that team together. He averaged nine assists and was just phenomenal in the playmaking department. Obviously, defensively, he's going to bring it. I'm surprised neither him or Drew, neither of them made an all-defensive team this season, which is insane to me because in my eyes, they're – they're in the top three for defensive guards. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, yeah, kind of strange in that sense. But, no, just uh, DeJounte's ability to create his own shots, I think, really just came a long way. And I'm excited to see kind of how his role changes next to Trey Young and see if he's still able to do the things that we know that he can do. So, yeah. So, you have him at eight. He was right there for me. Um, just – didn't quite make the cut for me. I just want to see more of it. Yeah. Um, so now, did I say my number? I didn't say my number eight. Um, so at number eight, I have Darius Garland. Okay. I have, so, him, I have him one ahead of you at seven. Okay, yeah. I kind of see how this, how this played out. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. So Darius Garland, uh, coming into the league, he was looked at as one of the worst players in the league after his rookie season. Um, And I think that at the time, I found it to be unfair because you are, he was a 20-year-old who didn't play any college games. And being able to be a small guard in the NBA, that adjustment is not easy at all. And then he took a big jump in his second year. And now in his third year, he was really a big part of the Cavs' success. He was the Cavs' success. He... No, yeah, that's true. And they're the most. Garland, they, they, I don't know how they would be able to score the basketball. No, yeah, that's facts. And you started, didn't he go down for a certain amount of time and then they just struggled heavily? Or am I? I remember when he, I know Mobley. Or was he the only one? I know Mobley was there. Went out for a while, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. But no, Darius Garland, um, yeah, he just led that Cavs team, a team that had really no expectations coming into this season and should have been a playoff team, in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, I think that they rightfully deserve to be in the playoffs, and it's sad that they didn't make the playoffs. Um, but he had a really special year, just from scoring the basketball, leading that Cavs offense, and just getting everyone involved and setting everyone up, being able yeah. to really help Evan Mobley offensively, being able to help Jared Allen offensively, both of those guys having great offensive seasons for really what they are. Evan Mobley's a rookie big, and Jared Allen's mostly just a lob guy you see him as. Yeah. Were the the Cavs a one seed at one point this year? I think they were, yeah. crazy that they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Just the unluckiest team, I think, when it comes to injuries. Yeah. Um, and Darius Garland had to go out with some pretty bad lineups on some nights. Um, but yeah, he just really impressed me this season. They brought back and Rubio now, right? Rubio's on a three-year deal, yes. 
They brought back Rubio on a three-year deal after he's coming off a Achilles injury, I believe. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that all plays out. But now Darius Garland made the all-star game, uh, which was in Cleveland. That was a special weekend for him. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just really excited to see where he goes from here and how he plays next year with another year uh, under the Cavs belt of experience and training. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, number seven, you have Darius Garland, right? Yep. Okay. Is there anything to mention with Darius Garland that I didn't already say? No, nah, you pretty much hit everything on the head. I expected another jump from him next year, to be honest, though. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that as well. Um, I think that – did they – what have they added this offseason? Did they add any more – I know they drafted that rookie who's pretty good at shooting. Yeah. Brad um, Rubio, I think that's it. Is yeah. Is still there? Karras is still there, I believe. Uh, um, Sexton's future is questionable, but I'm pretty the, sure he'll be back. Hardenstein? Or was he somewhere else? Hardenstein's on the Knicks. No, I know, but did they? I don't remember where he was before. He was on the Clippers, okay, it was and the Clippers. then the Rockets. I think he was on the Cavs at some point. I know. I swear I remember him in the Cavs jersey. You're thinking of Ante Zizic. Both tall white guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um... So at number seven, this is where I have Chris Paul. Christopher. So I have him at nine. I'm at seven. And so you're higher on Darius Garland than I am. But I still think that they're right there. I think that this is something that really just another thing. Years. What'd you say? I still think they're in the same uh, tier. Yeah, I think that they're right there. Um, it's just kind of one of those things where Chris Paul has the experience and we know what he is at the, well, I mean, I guess we don't really, but, um, he does have that experience under his belt. And this is really Darius Garland's first year of being this version of himself. So, yeah. So Chris Paul at seven, um, I do want to, even though that the playoffs did shed, uh, some negative light on Chris Paul. I think it's still important to remember that he was an all-star. He was on the all-NBA third team this season. And he, you know, helped lead that Sun seed, that Suns team to the number one seed. And, you know, in the playoffs, obviously it kind of fell apart. But I still think that Chris Paul um, needs to be around this spot due to just his insane leadership abilities, playmaking, um, being probably one of the best in the league, if not the best. Yeah. At this position. And, yeah, obviously scoring the ball obviously isn't really his thing. Um, but he is capable of scoring 20 a night, I believe. I, I, I don't know about it at this age, but he does have uh, scoring potential and that scoring capacity. Yeah. Jesus. So I think he was just kind of chasing some assist records this year, not going to lie. Um, but yeah, I think just really helping that Suns team carry them to the playoffs along with some other pieces that were just as important. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that Chris Paul obviously has declined. I don't, I think we had him at like five last uh, year. Yeah. I was going to say, I think five. I think five. 
five or four, maybe. Um, but I think that at this point of his career and after the season and playoffs he's coming off of, I think that this is a fair spot for him. Yeah. All right, moving on to our sixth spot. Who do you have at number six? The next three players, I've just been flip-flopping back and forth. Um, but okay. I, got, I got Kyrie. Okay, you got Kyrie at six. Yes. Um, so I have Damian Lillard at six. Okay. So um, I guess we'll talk about – do you want to talk about Kyrie or Dame first? We can go Kyrie. I feel like I don't okay. – I can be quick with it. It's just, like, it's Kyrie, man. Like, he has the potential to be top three on this list. But, you know, antics and whatnot. So, it's hard for me to fully gauge um, Kyrie just off of how much we haven't seen him in the past three seasons. Yeah, really, like, let's look at this. 2019, 2020, he played 20 games. The year after that, he played 54. And then this year, he played 29 games. Yeah. So that's, what, under or just 100 games in three seasons? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot of time to miss. And Yeah, like, his potential is easily top three on this list, I would say. But it's just so hard to gauge him just off of how much we've seen him. Yeah, I think that one thing that maybe why I have Kyrie a little bit above is I know I don't really need that many games of Kyrie to know what he is. Um, I know what he's going to do on the basketball court. And I think that there was a point where the fans and even himself um, believe that he could do more than he's capable of. Yeah. Think back to the Celtics team, him trying to lead that team. And I think that out of all the rest of the point guards, he's the most selfish for sure. And, you know, all these other guys are elite playmakers, you know. And when you think of the point guard position, you think of the guy that kind of is the glue of the team. You know, someone that can score, but also get everyone involved. And just be that leader. Those are, even though the point guard position has changed over the years, those are some variables that are consistent yeah no i agree i agree completely and those are just things that he doesn't really have and even though that a top 10 list shouldn't really um have injuries and just overall personality really affect into it it is factored into this ranking because it affects how much we see him on the court so much and obviously Skill-wise, one of the most skilled players in the league and would easily be higher on this list. Uh, But when you're talking about guys that you'd want on your own team, Kyrie ranks lower than many other point guards in the league. And I love my boy Kyrie, but he's just not as good of a point guard as many other players on this list. Yeah, no. No, exactly. Um, so yeah, at my number six, I have Dame. Um, so yeah, the thing about Dame, so this season, it was kind of hard to gauge him on this list, um, because we haven't seen much of him this season because he had, um, some injuries he was struggling with, but when we did see him this season, it wasn't good. That's true. So I I think that it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't even remember him playing this season. I forgot. He played, he started the season like shit. Like, this guy sucks. I remember that. Yeah. And then, so it's kind of hard to gauge 
that. So after coming off, you know, a slow start to the year and a big injury, I'm really curious to see how he's going to come back this upcoming season. Um, but I guess I just went off more. We know who Dame is, at least previously before, you know, this season and the injuries. So I did take that into consideration. Um, maybe this is just a write-off year and he comes back in his Dame. Or maybe this is the start of the decline. So I think that this is a fair position that kind of puts him in both those positions, if that makes sense, where I'm not ranking him as current Dame, but I'm not ranking him as the Dame we've seen from last season. No, that's Or true. I guess two seasons ago now. So, yeah. Who do you have at your number five? Yeah, so this is where I have Dame. Okay, so we have Dame and Kyrie switched. Yeah, and like I said, I have been flip-flop, flip-flopping them as well as the next person on my list. But, um, yeah, pretty much everything you said. Like, I did forget that he's off really slow. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's at the end of the day, it is Dame. And we have seen, like, at the beginning of the year, I feel like that was a very small sample size as well, though. And like I, 20 games, yeah. Yeah. and I As think, much as Kyrie played the whole year. <laughs> yeah, and I think we'll get to we'll get the version of Dame we expect next year. I hope so, because, what was that, core injury? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How do you even get a, a core injury? I don't know. Like, is it, Mans was working too hard on his six-pack, and it just broke on him. Mans was doing ab workouts constantly. <laughs> Only does ab day, uh, core day for him, and then it just snapped under the pressure. Um, but yeah, I think that the Dame and Kyrie debate um, is something evident on this list because we both have them so close together. And it's something that I think has been a conversation for many, Ever. many years. Yeah. Feels like forever. So, I mean, I think that if you're starting a team, Dame is definitely the guy you want. Um, he's shown that. He's better as a teammate, a leader, and just an overall franchise player. And he is the guy that I would rather start my franchise with. But if I need someone to go get a bucket, there's not many players better than Kyrie at doing that. Yeah, no, I agree. Obviously, Dane can do that too. <laughs> but it, it's right there. Like, it just depends on the day, honestly. And you can flip a coin, and that's who is better. Like, they're that close, I think. Get Kyrie, uh, uh, the version of Kyrie when he's playing against James Harden, he might be the best point guard in the league. Bro, that defense would give him the edge over Dame because another <laughs> thing with these two players is usually with players, if there's two players close in offense and offensive skill and capabilities, I look at their defense. And if one player is way better defensively, then I give them the edge. Yeah. But the thing about that is both these players are the same defensively in the sense that they are not good defenders. <laughs> um, both defenders. I mean, if, if Kyrie was the defender that he was on James Harden when he played against him, then he would have this spot easily. <laughs> I think that that defense would give the edge. Because Dame is honestly, um, it's overlooked how bad of a defender Dame is. And it kind of annoys me when people talk about Trey's defense, but then no one talks about Lillard's defense. I agree. Which I, is just as bad. I think it's 
people pick they complain about on defense based off of how much they like the player. I completely agree with that. I think that because Trey Young has that more negative image and he's more seen as a villain, uh, I think his weaknesses are dealt with way more harshly than a player like Dame, who is one of the most loved. No, exactly. So, but it's just like the consistency with that really annoys me. That player, that fans just pick and choose which aspects of players they want to hate. And yeah, just the overall inconsistency there is kind of annoying. But yeah, yeah. so we're, in, we're, we're on our number four spot. Getting to, the, getting to the end of it. Who is at your number four spot? You already know who it is. I actually don't know. That's why I'm kind of Shit. scared. You should know. Uh, Curry? Yep. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I got, uh, got Jaw here. Okay, I have Jaw here as well. So, I, I didn't know if you had Jaw or another player here. I kind of thought it was Jaw, but then, yeah. So You didn't know this was Jaw? We both have Jaw at four. If... Here's my thing. If we have had better sample sizes of Damon Kyrie over the past few years, Jaw would be six for me. Interesting. Okay. I mean, it's hard to gauge Jaw for me personally. He did have such an incredible year. And having just that amazing season... But I think that people are too quick to put him higher than he actually is. I agree. Which is my problem personally with Jaw. Because obviously, yes, he was a big part of that Grizzlies success. But also, the Grizzlies Did were he- still winning <laughs> with him out, with him not there. Yeah. So I think that that is something that needs to be taken into consideration. Um, but if you look at how hyped up people are about Jaw, like the comparisons to 2011 D Rose is insane, which yeah. I don't think it's comparable because of the different eras. Like if you compare the spacing Jaw has with the spacing that Derek Rose had, like who do you have spacing the floor for him? No wall dang. Well, dang, yeah. And John Morant has Desmond Bain. Who's, Darren Jackson Jr. Who's a... Uh, yeah. Dylan Brooks. Yeah, plenty more. Uh, De'Anthony Melton shot very good from three. Like, basically, everyone on that team is a threat for three. Um, and no one on the Bulls really was. And also, you have to adjust for pace because the speed of the game was a whole lot different back then. Yeah. And even though the counting stats for Jaw look better than MVP Derrick Rose. You have to look further than just those basic stats. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Jaw is, Jaw is polarizing for me. Probably, I haven't seen anyone else really, I guess, not criticize Jaw. Yeah. No, everyone loves Jaw. Hey, head to Twitter, man. I'm on the part, I'm on the part of Twitter that hates Jaw. <laughs> You're on like a, a uh, you have an account where you just hate Jaw. <laughs> Jaw's biggest hater, twenty nine. <laughs> I found you. He's here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess with Jaw as well, is 
it's kind of hard to gauge him as like he still has weaknesses, I think, because his three point shooting or no, not his three point shooting, no. Um I just think that defensively he has the capabilities, but I don't know. It's another thing with the point guards, the other point guards in the league where no one really talks about um, their defense. I agree. Because, yeah, it's not like Jaws, this incredible defender. He is 180 pounds. So, um, but he is really fun to watch when you watch him without context from other people that are acting like he's the next coming of Jesus. <laughs> um, but oh. I just think that, Blair. yeah, I don't know. This is also his first year doing this. And again, I just need to see more before I jump on the bandwagon that he is this elite of a player. Yeah, no, that's fair. So the consistency and being able to do it year after year is something that really sets someone up as a superstar. That's kind of the main thing. Like every, almost every player in the league has, every player in the league is very talented, but the superstars are the ones that can do it consistently night after night, season after season. Yeah. So, and then win while doing it. So I just need to see more from John Morant, personally. I agree. Um, anything else to touch on with Jaw at four? Um, no. Okay. So, number three. Who do you got at number three? Number three. I have Luca. No, I'm just kidding. This is where I have Trey Young. Okay, I have Trey Young here as well. Um... It's very much tier-based, obviously. So, Trey is... Um, do you think Trey is closer to the top tier or the tier that we kind of just went through with Ja, Dame, and Kyrie? Um, like, based off he, of the, yeah. had, the lower tier. Okay, yeah. I definitely say that he's at the top with Ja for the, um, the second tier, I guess. And then one and two, I think those guys are the top tier. Yeah. No, That's kind of how I would divide it up. Yeah. Um, but talk to me about Trey Young. Um, yeah, you know, he's just going to... I mean, people, are, of course, are always going to shit on his defense, but then they'll be quick to put Damian Lillard over him, who is just as bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, just his ability to create for everyone... Um, is he insane. is their offense. Exactly. It's off the charts. And his ability to score, get everyone else involved, it, like he's looking, he's easily a top five offensive player in the league right now. And I don't think you can overlook that for how poor of a defender he is. Especially since they have a very good defensive team around him now. Um, yeah, no, that's true. DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter. I don't know what they're planning on doing with John Collins, but him... Clint Capella possibly still there. Okongwu as well. Um, I just think the... I expect the Hawks to have a really good season next year as well. And this year, of course, was a little underwhelming. But um, I don't think a lot of that is Trey Young's fault. Yeah. 
And I think the impressive thing about Trey Young is that, like you said, the offense is him. He is the offense. And for him to be the whole offense and to be as efficient as he was this season is incredible because his PER, he actually led the led the point guards in PER, which is player efficiency rating. So according to that statistic, he's the most efficient point guard in the league this season. Obviously, you have to look at statistics um, with a wider lens than just what they are. Yeah. But, I mean, his three-point shooting, best of his career, just absolutely dangerous. We know what Trey can do. He can shoot from anywhere. He has the confidence, and he can catch fire quickly. And playmaking-wise, one of the best passers, one of the best playmakers in the league. Um, He's just so fun to watch because of – he is the whole offense, and everything runs through him, and it seems like he always makes the right play. And he always finds the open players if they're open. And he just knows how to create space. And I think another thing that needs to be praised is how he is dominating the league like how he is at his size. To be, I mean, it says he's 6'1", but I I would even go further to say that he's not even six foot. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Because we know players' heights. Why is that such a weird thing with players' heights? Why can't players just, like, say their real heights? Like Draymond. Like Trey Young. Like KD. Draymond is either 6'3 or 6'8. Who? Draymond. Yeah. I, th- I think he's 6'3, bro. Honestly. Put him next to put him next to Steph Curry. Let's see who's taller, honestly. <laughs> because I don't think it's that much of a difference. Um... But yeah, the thing about Trey Young, and another thing is just that people were shitting on him last year mostly because of the foul drawing um, that they took away this year, kind of the the cheating on fouls, and he was still able to be this elite offensive player, even with trying to change rules to limit his offensive productivity. <laughs> so I think that that's something that was really impressive. I know he did struggle a bit, I'm pretty sure, when that rule was changed. Yeah. Um, but if you're a great basketball player, if you're a great basketball mind, you're going to find a way to be great. And he has been. I think the main setback for Trey Young has just been, obviously, his – and his team was shit this year. Let's and – and they still made the playoffs. Like, his team – did not do great. He was really the only player who was really a highlight on that team, honestly. No one else really did anything of significance. Yeah, no, I agree. And for him to backpack that team to the playoffs, where he did get exposed. And I think that most of that has been on his shoulders, but I think lots of praise also has to go to the Miami Heat. Um, because obviously... They know that off that their offense is Trey Young. Yeah. So, if you double and triple Trey Young, what are they going to do? Yeah. No. Exactly. And I, I think that just proves more how good of a player Trey Young is. That it takes that much just to limit him. Um. Obviously, he does need to be better and having more assists than what was it? More turnovers than assists, and just the efficiency. And just, just a really bad playoff run that I think that he's going to leave behind him. Yeah, 
No, I agree. I agree. But, but then you also have to think the whole season last year and just how he has been averaging over 25 points per game for the past three seasons. He's been averaging 25 and 9, 25 points, over 25 points, over 9 assists for the past three seasons. It's actually wow. crazy how, like, um, consistent he's been with his level of play. And, how... and playing and the amount of time he's playing. Yeah. Because he's not a guy that gets injured. He's been consistently playing almost every game or at least a big portion of the games for the past – ever since he came into the league, really. Yeah. So I think there needs to be more props for that. But I'm really excited to see the other – I think it'll take a lot for Trey to kind of crack the top two. But I do think that, that – That's I think that's just because of how good the top two is. Yeah, but I'm excited to see all the other point guards that are just below him um, kind of fight with him to see who comes out on top because we didn't really see much of Kyrie Irving and Damian Lillard um, didn't really play. So I'm excited to see if those players are all at the top of their game and Trey Young and Jaw kind of see who comes out above the rest. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Who is and this is where we get? Um, how hard was this decision to make for you personally? Here's for the, the between Luca and Curry. First, because that's who's in, left. <laughs> really? Um, first, when I first, <laughs> it felt easy, and that's why I I have kept it the way it is. But now that I've been thinking about it. It's like really close, but I went with okay. my Yeah, so I think for me personally, before I reveal who's at my two, who's at my one, I've been going back and forth on it way more than I should. Um, I originally had it one way, and I've just been switching it and then switching it back. So I think it's really just had me rethink how I rank players, what different factors weigh above the rest. And, yeah, I think that – I think I'm satisfied with where it's at. And I guess when we discuss, I'll kind of talk about why I chose to have one player above the other. So, who is your number two? I'm starting it off. All right. I put Luca at two. Okay. I did two. Very, very close, though. During, yeah, during the playoffs. Extremely close. During the playoffs, I was really, I almost wanted to have him top three in the league with how good he was playing and how good the Mavericks were looking. I definitely did at that time. I had him top three in the league, and then I took a step back and was like, okay, let me actually think about this more. And that's when he kind of dropped off. But yeah, if we're talking about pure skill, pure talent, Luka Doncic is one of the best that I've seen as a basketball fan. And it's just incredible to watch him play, how he knows his angles, his ability to play make, and just his vision is insane. Ability to control the pace, um, the ability to hit clutch shots, and really just be a deadly scoring threat from anywhere. And to just have the, the historic playoff numbers on the highest stage that he has been having 
you know, he's been – doesn't he have the highest points per game in the playoffs, or is that still Jordan? It might be. I think it's – yeah, I know it's been flip-flopping. Yeah, yeah. But either way, Luka's been averaging above 30 points per game in the playoffs. And the crazy thing about that is, well, he's had to play against the Suns and the Clippers – um, but another thing too is when the playoffs come in, that's when the coaches and the teams focus in on players more. And Luca's been finding a way to go around that. Yeah. Which is insane. Um what do you what else do you have to say about Luca here? Yeah, like his playoff run, um, really what ignited it, like just the fact that he the Suns were looking like easily the best team in basketball, and I know that kind of changed a little bit entering the playoffs um, in yeah. that round. But you can't ignore the fact that the Suns had sixty-five wins, and that's crazy. And uh, the Mavericks came out and they handled business. Last game, they absolutely blew them out on the road. That is also an incredible accomplishment as well. Yeah, and. Uh, Luca's like everything about Luca's game. Like, literally, no one in the league can guard him. The like Kawhi and Paul George on the Clippers cannot stop that man, and that is crazy. I think, I think my one thing for why I don't have Luca in the top top in at number one is his defense is still lackluster. Yeah, and I think that one thing that. When it comes to defense, obviously Steph Curry is no all defend all defensive player, but I think that when you look at Steph Curry, his defensive IQ and just his willingness to play defense, yeah. no, and, that, yeah, Luca looked very disengaged at times on the defensive end of the floor. Like I think he can easily play better than Steph defensively, but um, yeah, yeah, I think one of the differences is that. Curry gets attacked um, on the defensive end, but then it doesn't really work out because Curry's a better defender than a lot of people think, and also because the Warriors' defense helps out if they need. But the thing with Luka is he gets attacked, and he doesn't really hold his ground, and the team doesn't either. Yeah, I do agree that I think part of it is the fact that they don't have... uh... The, the Warriors just are significantly better defensively. But here's the thing. Now they also have JaVale McGee. Like, their rim protector was really Maxi Kleba. And, like, you don't, really, yeah. you don't really think of Maxi Kleba like that. Like, he's a good defender, of course. But, like, as a rim protector, it's not really what you it's want. It's not there. No. It's seven one dude who's going to swat shots. and Athletic, too. Exactly. And... Just as a help defender, I think that's where Javel thrives. And yeah. I think that that's where what's kind of going to happen next season is him thriving that. Yeah. No, I agree. And um, then, yeah. For small ball. The Jalen Brown is loss is also obviously, you know, it's big for them. But um, I think the Mavericks will be okay. Yeah. Um, just some more things about Luka before we move on is why I have him at two instead of one. Uh, obviously the defense is one thing. I think another thing is just weirdly enough, as it sounds the regular season, 
because I don't think we've seen him actually really try. We want to see him be. I think he can be. And I've said it for the past two seasons. I know I have. But I think that this year he'll actually, it'll be different. And I've said that the past two seasons, but I really do think that this year it will be. I think that he'll be in shape to start the season, which is something that we haven't seen um, since he's really entered the, or since for the past two seasons, I guess. Yeah. He's kind of had to play himself into shape. I know he's never won, like, obviously, but, like, do you think there's, like, any sense of voters' fatigue with Luca? Like, people just don't want to vote for Luca. Just good he is. Kind of like the LeBron treatment. Like, LeBron could have won MVP, like, damn near every year for the past 10 years. But, like, you know, he's always been the top two, top three. I mean, I don't think so. Just because Luca hasn't had the team success in the regular season that you kind of want. And also just because he hasn't won anything yet. So how can you get fatigue when you're not tired yet? It's true. You know? I don't really. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But I think that that's one factor that I think will put him in the number one spot at the end of next season for sure. But it's just something right now that kind of holds him back. Yeah. Another thing is just, it would just feel very weird to not put the finals MVP at number one, no, like, no I just I yeah, like they the Warriors just came off the championship. Steph proved that he can win without. Well, I mean, say what you want about how good this Warriors team is, but as the main guy on the team by far, Steph did it, and it's hard to argue with that. And he beat Luca in the process, so like yeah, and, and I know that it, those are team things, but yeah. you still have to consider it because no. yeah. When I was flip-flopping and when I put Luca at one, it just felt weird because I was like, well, Curry is just coming off the finals MVP, the championship, a great season, and he also beat Luca. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just felt weird from that perspective, I guess. No, I agree. Like, if it was flip-flopped, I think I could – and Luca had won the championship and beat the Warriors, I think I could easily say. But Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, another thing is just we know what Steph Curry is. We have those question marks with Lucas still that need to be answered. There's really no question marks when it comes to Steph Curry. No, exactly. And he's both of our number ones. So we have him as the best point guard in the league. So let's just praise Steph. Let's let's talk about Steph. So why is he the best point guard in the league? I mean... A lot of it, I do think, is he's just been consistently the best point guard in the league for the past, how long? Like, I never considered Westbrook better than him. Since, like, 2015? Yeah. Like, that's a long time. That is actually crazy when you think about it. Seven years for being the best in your... I never really thought of it like that. And I, like, I don't think it's... I. It just doesn't feel right yet to say that Luca is that number one guy. Um, just because of how long Steph's been doing it, how good Steph still is. And how young Luca is. Yeah. And just because as much early success as Luca has had, he's also only what, twenty three years old. So I think that it's fair to give Curry this slot while he's still this great, because he's not gonna be this great forever. Yeah. And Lucas still has that room to grow, as crazy as it sounds. Yeah, no, 
So, I mean, yeah, what's there to say about Steph Curry? Uh, him being the best shooter in the world, which we already know. Everyone knows. Best shooter of all time. Just having the absolute gravity that he has and his basketball IQ defensively, um, being an underrated finisher, just being a clutch player, being able to lead your team to the championship and winning a championship, being the best player on a championship team. Um, yeah, really, the only thing is that he has had stretches where um, where he's not shooting the best. But the thing about Steph Curry is that he still keeps shooting them, and you can't just not guard him just because he's in a slump. Yeah. And I think that makes him dangerous because you can't stop guarding Steph Curry how you've been guarding him just because he's missing. Yeah. And he just opens the floor up for so many players. Yeah. No, I agree. So, I mean, Steph Curry, yeah, I think the main thing is just we know who Steph is. We know what he's good at. And he's been doing it for seven years, being the best point guard in the league. Yeah. And I think it would have to take more than – it would have to take more of a drop-off for Curry, for Luka to be up there, I think. And we haven't really seen Curry drop off. Yeah. No, I agree. So we'll have to see. But, you know, Steph's getting up there in age. Luka's only getting better. I think that it's fair to give Curry this spot while he's still here, and he's also deserving of it. Yeah. So, yeah, if we just recap our lists, we both have Steph at one, Luca at two. We both have Trey at three, Jaw at four. So our top four is the same, uh, which makes sense. I kind of thought that was going to be that way. Then we have – I have Dame at six, Kyrie at five. You have it swapped. Um, you have Garland at seven. I have him at eight. Basically, Kyrie and Dame, that's just a coin flip. I don't really think that – Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's a coin flip. I think the main difference is just that you're higher on, I guess, Garland than CP3. DeJounte as well. And DeJounte, you're higher on, and Fred. And I'm higher on, I guess, Shea and Drew and, I guess, CP3. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think that are pretty accurate, I'd say. Yeah. I don't really have many disagreeances with your list, even though there are some differences. I think that obviously our, these players are all so close that even a one or two spot difference isn't that big of a deal. I think your list is wrong. My list is, well, yeah, cause it's not <laughs> your list. So I, I, I respect your list. But I still think my list is better if we're, if we're talking about it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that I think the when I was looking at things, I think that Jaw was over Trey on every list I've seen, which is insane to me. They're hated. Um, I even seen Jaw in most cases. They did tiered lists, and Jaw was a whole tier above Trey, which I think is crazy. That's just not um, basketball. Did Trey make an All NBA team this year? I don't remember All NBA. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I actually don't think he did. 2022 NBA All NBA because I know Jaw made the second team. 
Luca was the first team. That's another thing. Luca was on the first team over Steph, but obviously Steph won the ring. So I mean, um, Trey Young made third team. Okay. So if we're going off the NBA's list, then Chris Paul should be. I mean, I guess Booker's in there for guards though, and he's not a point guard. That's but, but yeah, Jaws over Trey in the All-NBA, which makes sense because of the team's success, because he had the bigger, flashier season. Yeah. But I think as individual players, give me Trey all day. I agree. So, yeah, I think that – is there anything else we need to say before we end it off? Hell no. I'm excited for the next couple lists. Excited for shooting guards. We'll get – working on that, working on the shooting guard uh, pool of players that will be eligible – I think the shooting guard will be easier just because I think it's not as deep. Um, yeah. But actually the top, I'm excited to see how it's we kind of rank fun. those players. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all for us now. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you tune in for the shooting guard podcast whenever that comes out. Hopefully it will be very soon because we're excited to put these out. And yeah, that's all. That's all for us now. We'll see you in the next one. Take care and goodbye. Adios.